this is Youth Changemakers, the podcast. Youth Changemakers is a podcast brought to you by Red X Youth, a podcast where young people shared their stories about taking action in their communities and making a difference in the world, big or small. Hello, Changemakers, and welcome to episode three. Today's guest is Peter Emer, the founder of The Little Project, an incredible project that has funded the rebuilding of orphanages in Haiti and Kenya, to name a few. Peter started the initiative by selling some of his own photos to his friends and neighbours, and before they knew it, they had rebuilt an orphanage in Haiti. Peter spoke to us about his passion for photography and art and how you too can get inspired to use your own passion to take humanitarian action in unique and diverse ways. My name is Peter and I'm the founder of The Little Project. Um, The Little Project is a project that's dedicated towards empowering children to be the authors of their own stories. So um, yeah, and we we do that through education and community development. Yeah, and that's a little gist into it. I guess I've always been, I've always, I've always been really passionate about kids, um, and I, for me personally, I feel like uh, the circumstances that you're born into should never determine who you become. So yeah, that, that's really what inspired me. Um, and I remember in twenty, uh, in two thousand and six, I had a chance to go to Kenya. And that was a real first experience towards um, some of the circumstances that some children around the world face. And that left a mark on me. Um, but the real work didn't really start until 2011. So back to 20, uh, 2006, I'm, I had a chance to visit this orphanage um, and it housed 21 kids and they're all babies. Um, yeah, the oldest one was, I believe, one and a half years old. Uh, and the youngest one was six months old. And um, they were all, all HIV positive. And I remember there was this little girl. I can't remember her name. Um, but I just remember, I, I love kids. So when we got to the orphanage, my natural reaction was to pick her up. Um, and when I picked her up, we're just supposed to be there for like maybe 20 minutes. Uh, we're just supposed to drop off some food and get to know the kids and then leave. But we ended up being there for three hours. Um, and that, that was because this little girl that I had picked up would not let me go. Um, yeah, so we, try, we tried everywhere to get her down, but she just wouldn't let me go. And I don't think it was like a special connection or anything like that. But I just think she just needed that love and affection um and that's what she was getting and that's what she was craving and that's what was lacking um so that moment always left an impression for me um but in 2010 when the earth when the haiti earthquake happened that's when um i guess that passion and desire to make a difference really came back again um because about 10% of Haiti's population was orphans um, in, that, in that period because of the earthquake. And for me, that was just profound. Like, yeah, so, um, 
yeah, so as a result of that, it just kind of ignited my passion and there's no way I could just go on living while that happens. Uh, so I just started from there. Um, I was a high school student when that happened. I was a senior in high school. Um, and I was a soccer player as well. And soccer back home is good, is, is a big thing. So um, I just used that leverage. At the time I was doing photography and creative writing. Um, and my work was, I didn't think it was amazing, but people loved it. <laughs> but um, yeah, people loved it. So I was like, okay, how can I use this to raise money to uh, rebuild an orphanage in Haiti. I reached out to my soccer coaches to see if they can sponsor the project. Um, at the time it was called the Haiti Relief Project. Um, and we just, so I just printed out some of my pictures that I had taken um, with a very basic camera, um, printed out the pictures, uh, created a Wix page. Um, and yeah, and just made an Excel spreadsheet with, I gave all the pictures, titles and names. Um, and that's really how it started. And we started selling the photos. I asked some of my friends from the soccer team if they could, if they would like to help me out with this. Um, yeah, and that's literally how it started. Each picture was $5. I still have the spreadsheets today. Um, but yeah, each picture was $5. And I started with my teachers, my friends, um, and as that grew, the community kind of learned about it. So my neighbors and the whole town kind of got behind it. And by the end of that, we managed to raise enough funds to help rebuild the orphanage in Haiti. Um, but I never had a long-term vision for it. It was just more like help that orphanage. And that was it. Um, but fast track two years later, I had a chance to go to Kenya again. And I saw what I saw again. And I was like, why can we do this again? Because I, it didn't really stop me from living. Um, because I feel like there's this, uh, there's this misconception about diving into a project like that, that all oh, you, you have, you really, you need to make time and you need to make sacrifices. But for me, in my case, I didn't really make a sacrifice because I continued doing everything that I was doing. Uh, I played soccer, I had a social life, I went to school, um, but it's just that my extra time, I would spend it doing something that I was passionate about, and that gives back. Yeah, now the little project has evolved tremendously over the last few years. Um, so the original vision for it that I had was, I really just wanted to ease, I guess, the suffering that the kids were going through. Um, so I wanted them to, I wanted to ensure that they had food, they had a safe place to stay. Um, and that was really the focus. But when we, when I came here for a study abroad, uh, here is in Melbourne, <laughs> uh, I started working on that. That was after the trip to Kenya. So we started working on that idea to do it again for Kenya. And I met some passionate friends that were like, hey, like, sign me up, like, I want to be a part of it. Um, and I remember during one of our meetings, um, 
one of our team members, her name is Janice. Um, she asked me like, so what happens to the kids after they leave the orphanage when they turn 20 or um, whatever the age is? And I had never thought about that uh, because for me, my focus was like, kids are not in a good position right now. We need to help them now. Um, but that added the educational component to the little project. And then um, the little project is actually, the name is an acronym. Uh, so it actually means the Living in Love Project. And that name was inspired by um, the little girl that I met in Kenya in 2006. Um, because when we started, um, when we started, when we renamed it to the little project, I wanted our orphanages and the communities that we touch to be places of love. Uh, because I believe the foundation of everything that we are and everything that we become is love. Uh, so that's where I wanted to start with. So that's why, so that's why it's called the little project, the living in love project, because the children deserve that. Um, but then we went to Uganda, um, and Uganda presented a different challenge where the kids didn't have access to education, but their community didn't have a strong economic, like social makeup. Um, and the problem with that is that we can educate the kids. We can give them the best education in the world, but if they have no way to apply it, then it's kind of useless. Um, and the reality, like as much as I would love the kids to travel and come to Australia, come to the US, etc., the reality is that most of them will be in those communities. Um, so we had to, I guess, rearrange our approach and um, and yeah, think about what can we do within the community so that these kids are growing up into something um, yeah, somewhere where they can apply the education that they're getting and really the, uh, really just break the poverty cycle that is very prominent in a lot of places that we work in. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say I don't go through hardship, but when I think about, like, what the kids experience, um... I feel like it, it's, it's always funny to me when I say it's a passion of mine because I feel like that's, it shouldn't, like humanitarian work should not be a passion. It should just be a way of life because we're here for each other. The better that you do, the better I do. A lot of the challenges that we've faced um, externally for the project has been... Um, so a lot of these places tend to be very corrupt. So, and there's these systems that are set up in these countries where um, it, it makes it, they make it as difficult as possible, I guess, to do work without going through those avenues. And the way we approached it um, as a way of tackling that is we work with, a project that already exists. So we still, we don't go and open up our own orphanage. Um, we kind of find a project that's unfunded, that 
that needs support we go through them as yeah as our partners uh and we support we expand their uh we see what they're doing we expand their vision um and that kind of also allows us to um do more work within the community as well um so yeah that's been our way of like tackling like avoiding working with corrupt the corruption that exists and yeah for for me naturally like i feel for every situation like i just don't want to see pain i don't want to see suffering and yeah and my thing is i want to do everything <laughs> and we yeah and with the little project we had that was like one of the challenges that we faced um because like i felt for everything i wanted animals to live in peace i didn't um i wanted everything like i just wanted to ease everything <laughs> fix everything but what i realized is that we can't that's impossible and because of that we had to be really focused on what we wanted to achieve uh which is um poverty and lack of education um and in children specifically uh, because yeah um that's how that's the best way to shape the future follow your heart um i think that's for me that's been always my guiding principle i just followed what i felt um because what you feel is always going to guide you where you should go um and don't be scared to try things because um i have the best way you can learn about things is by trying them um so if you feel passionate whether it's about the environment um engage uh find a way find find a place you can volunteer um yeah and just I'd like just learn as much as you can about it um and sometimes change like changes will happen and just because you're passionate about this area it doesn't mean that you're always going to be passionate about that like you might along the way you might discover things that pull pull you in other direction um but just follow your heart and follow your passion um yeah and don't be scared to try um i think that's uh whenever i talk to younger people i think the biggest thing that i hear is they have like a lot of passions they have a lot of things that pull them and because of that it confuses them because they don't know where to start they don't know what to do um and i feel like for me like i was one of those kids that has i loved photography I like academics i loved everything like i loved a whole wide range of things um and but i i tried all of them so if i was passionate about photography i got a camera um took a class in in school and learned yeah so i tried all these different things um and through that i could kind of get to a place where i know what i want to pursue and where i really want to make a difference uh for me and like my relationship as my relationship with art has been interesting um cuz i've i had the opportunity to travel a lot when i was younger 
And one thing that I noticed whenever I traveled is art, regardless of where it comes from, um, like crossed, it had this amazing potential to just cross boundaries and connect with you on a profound level. Um, so when we, when we started the little project, we wanted, like, we wanted art to be our language. Um, cause yeah, through that we can communicate with anyone. Um, so that's, so a lot of our ways of the way we raise funds or the way we engage the community is always through art, uh, whether it's through, it might be through fashion, it might be through music events. It might be through other different collaborations. Like um, we have, um, we have creative ambassadors who tend to be artists. Um, so yeah, I think art has a lot of um, potential to bring out the best in us. One of my things that I do is I meditate on a regular basis. Um, cause I find that meditation kind of, um, uh, yeah, for somebody like me, that's like, my mind is always running. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's always running and it might be on different things. It might be on a specific story that I came through, uh, the little project or another issue that I'm very passionate about, have that peace um is through meditation yeah and i do and because my mind is always running i always do it guided meditation um because then it forces me to break off from my mind and just be at peace be in the moment and um and connecting with people uh, i'm an introvert but funny enough like connecting connecting with people and i find that fulfilling yeah so I always make sure I'm making time to connect with friends and family and even strangers. Yeah. So we have, we are present on social media. Uh, so it just, um, for Instagram, we just at the little project. Um, yeah. So that's just T-H-E-L-L-L project. Um, and it's the same thing for Facebook. Uh, and we also have our website, um, uh, thelittleproject.com. And yeah, anybody that's interested or wants to learn more, wants to see how they can get involved, uh, they can just jump on our website or send us an email. And yeah, we'll definitely have, we'll definitely get back to them. Yeah. Oh, oh.